0: This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, today we're going to be talking a little bit about a particular section of a very particular sermon that came up recently. I had a couple of friends share this on Facebook, and so I had heard of the pastor before, and then obviously I wanted to kind of take a look. It took me a few weeks to get to it, but it's Francis Chan. Okay. So uh, the thing about Francis Chan is I don't have a really strong opinion on the guy. Um, I haven't read very much of what he's written. I haven't listened to very much of what what he said. So if after the moment I said Francis Chan, your head exploded because of something he maybe exegeted improperly like five years ago, I missed it. So whatever the thing was with him, if there even was a thing, I missed it. But here's a few things that I do know about Francis Chan. He seems to kind of be a gangster like in the best ways possible, okay? So you have Rob Bell come out and he writes that book basically saying that, you know, hell couldn't exist there there couldn't possibly be a loving God and be hell at the same time. And he came out and wrote a book, Francis Chan, he came out and wrote a book just responding to that nonsense from Rob Bell. He didn't placate him and say, "Oh, well, you know, he's, you know, he's still a pastor, technically, and oh, you know, maybe he's just lost his way. Let's do what we can." And blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. He just went at him and he eviscerated him and destroyed him with that book. Okay, he just seems to do that. Right. I mean, crazy love. That's, that's one of the best-selling Christian books of all time. I believe at this point he's given away, I think all the proceeds from that book to, to ministry based charities and, and, different things like that. And he's had a lot of people come after him. And I heard him talk about this in a sermon. He's had people come after him saying like, Hey, why did you do that? I mean, this is, this is money that could like set your grandkids up and all those types of things. And his response to these people was just like, well, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to get to heaven. And I'm going to be before God and be like, sorry, God, I, I, I gave all the money away. Like that was going to be some sort of a huge negative thing that God was going to be like, how dare you give away all this money that you earned off of a book that I gave you because I gave you the mind to reckon to write that book so that you could have the blessing of that money. You know, it's kind of a circuitous argument, but I just really like how he responds to things. Um, I don't typically listen to him. I I think he's got a podcast out there as well, and it's really just kind of a a, a vanity thing, I guess. Like, I just can't stand his voice. Like, he's got a really, really annoying voice. It's kind of scratchy and high pitched all at the same time. But at the same time, every time I do actually listen to something that he said or read something that he wrote, I'm just like, man, this this guy. This guy's really got something special that he's doing, and he's always trying to come at things from a little bit of a different perspective. So all that to set up the clip that I'm going to play for you. I'm going to play a clip that's you know maybe about uh, six or seven minutes long, and you know I'm probably going to come in and out and, and talk a little bit about it. Uh, I'm going to play the clip and just kind of see see how it goes. I might come in and out, and I may just let you hear it all at one time. But it was at a speech that he did, which is going to end up being the the last chapel service that he will he will potentially ever do. Okay, so this was a speech that he did at Azusa. I think is how you say it, Azusa Pacific University. It's a small private Christian school outside of Los Angeles, and he's he's speaking to the the basically the students there. And he's been doing this every year for about twenty years. But at the very beginning of this speech, at uh, very very beginning of the sermon, he basically announced to everybody that he was going to be moving. He's going to be moving in early uh, twenty twenty. I think he's moving in February. He and his family are all moving to Myanmar. And he's going to become a full-time missionary in Asia, and he just basically talked about he's like for a while now I felt like I I've been a fisherman fishing in a pond with a lot of other fishermen. You know I'm a pastor in the United States where there's a lot of churches and I, I feel like you know my lines get entangled with these other fishermen. But whenever I go to these other places, these people have never even heard of Jesus, much less this like fictitious version of Jesus that you have some of these pastors kind of make up whole cloth and you know try to get us to believe in. And he's just like if I'm going to be called to be a real fisher of men, then I I need to actually go out and fish potentially where there aren't any other fishermen. Right. And so, uh, the, the sermon is just titled be fishers of men. And I've got the entire sermon of YouTube video here in the show notes. So you can definitely check that out. But there's one section of that. That's kind of, you know, towards the beginning that I thought was incredibly important. And he goes over a lot of different topics. And so, like I said, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do yet. If I'm just going to play some of it and come in and out, or if I'm going to play the whole thing, I'm just going to feel it out. So you guys can just kind of flow along with me. But just so you know, if you are following along, or if you're wanting to look at it on the YouTube video, the the clip that I'm going to be showing you starts around the 7 minute and 12 second mark. So here we go.
1: You know, I, I've seen... I'm just going to say I've seen something happen. And I'm not saying it's just APU. I'm saying it's our culture. But as I'm sitting there reflecting to 20 years ago and how I used to speak and what it was like, I'm realizing it was different. Sometimes we drift and we don't realize it. You know how, like, when you were growing up, your aunt comes once a year at Thanksgiving, go, wow, you got so big. But no one in your house says that because they just... Every day you grew a millimeter, and it's like they don't know. It's, it's that same type of thing where there's this drift. Sometimes you don't see. And I can say, and again, I know this is a generalization and absolutely not true of everyone, but there have been changes here um, with the student body, with the culture, where this book, man, it used to be revered more than it is now. And people used to just go, okay, whatever that book says. And now there's been this rise of our own feelings and opinions and our thoughts. And this book is slowly drifting. And we've been so scared. Well, don't dare hurt their feelings. Don't dare offend. And now suddenly we start speaking to not offend people. And the truth is, is is this word is becoming less and less, and people are just rising in their opinions, and they're just believing what they want to believe. Paul said this would happen in Second Timothy four. He goes in the last days, people aren't going to put up with sound doctrine. He goes instead, they're going to want their ears tickled. They want they're going to find teachers to tell them what they want to hear, but they're not going to put up with sound doctrine. I mean, think about it right now. Yeah, and, and everyone's just like, well, it's up to interpretation. This no, no, no. Bottom line is you, a lot of you believe whatever you want to believe. Think about it. Why? Think of something you believe right now from this book that you don't want to believe. See, people don't want to believe in this God that is up there that determines whether I breathe and live through the rest of this message. People don't want to believe in this holy God that we should fear, and so you go, well, I think fear doesn't really mean fear. Well, that's brilliant. But that's, that's popular. You, you, we don't want to believe there's a day of judgment where you stand before this holy God who describes himself as darkness and gloom and a tempest, and we're going to stand and be judged by him. We don't want to believe that. So we go, well, I don't believe a loving God could judge people and punish them. Well, that's, that's great. Well, this book, I don't want to believe that I'm a bad Person, that I'm an object of wrath at one day. I want to believe that I'm a good person inherently. I think I'm good. I think we're all good. Let's just believe that. I don't want to believe that what you said like I have to deny myself like God gave me these desires. You're telling me I have to deny those desires pick up a cross and follow them You're telling me that unless I'm willing to hate my father mother wife kids Renounce this whole world. I can't I don't want to believe that I'd like to believe I can just pray a prayer And ask Jesus into my heart And that's it and then I'm going to heaven You guys, and I'm just telling you straight out from God's word, that is such a lie. The word of God says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like if you have never feared him, if you've never just stopped, even this morning in my Bible reading, I was reading John chapter 1. And, and as we're in worship, I'm thinking, gosh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, like, in the beginning. Like, like we're just when was that? You know, God, Jesus, you were there. And who am I? I've been alive 52 years, and I'm just this little nothing. And you guys have been alive 18, 20 years. Like, this is nothing. And we're trying to understand this being that's eternal, And some of you are are, are the way people talk nowadays. Like, no big deal. You talk about God like he's just another person. Man, do you understand your wealth? This fear really. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, does tremble really mean tremble? Doesn't it just mean respect? Let me tell you, everyone. And it drives me nuts. Like I, I was talking to someone the other day. He goes, well, that's, that's your understanding of God, and I have a different understanding. As long as you come to peace with your understanding of God, we can all be right. I go, that is, that is ridiculous. I go, so if I leave the gym right now, you could in your heart go, I think Francis was a 300-pound Caucasian man. Great, then that's what I am. Because that's what you feel in your heart. It just, that's ridiculous. You guys, there were people in the Bible, I'm just telling you, when Isaiah saw God, it was like, whoa. That that term doesn't do it justice. Whoa. it's, It's like, F me. Seriously. It was like the strongest term. It's like, oh, woe is me i'm about to be destroyed i just saw him i just saw the. he's gonna kill me he's gonna destroy me because i'm a man of unclean lips and i live among a people of unclean lips and i just saw the god of glory i'm dead John, the beloved apostle, man, the one whom Jesus loved, when he saw Jesus in his glorified state, he goes, man, oh, when I saw his eyes were like fire, his face was like the sun. There's a sword came out of his mouth, and I just fell at his feet like a dead man. I just collapsed. I don't think they were ready. Maybe in their heart they didn't imagine him being that way. It didn't matter. That's what they saw. Job, Job, remember Job in Job chapter forty-two. He says, "He goes, man, I, my ears had always heard of you, God, but now my eyes have seen you, and I hate myself." Those were his words. I'd always heard of you. I, I, I went to chapel. I, I went to Bible study. I went, to, and I'd heard about you. But now that I see you, I hate. I hate myself. I can't believe I ever questioned you. I can't believe I was doubting. I'm just gonna shut up, I'm not gonna say another word. And that's what happened when people saw him. It was fear, fear means fear. And all this garbage about, oh, well, loving God would never punish. You guys, why, how can we never say, well, a fair God would never forgive? It's because we don't want to believe that. We wanna believe that a, a, you can be fair and forgive also and just let someone go and, and grace. We just don't want to believe that the most obvious things. So there's obviously a lot of stuff there. I
0: just kind of let it ride because he was on a roll there. And again, guys, that's just a section. That's just a section of about a 27-minute long sermon. Again, I've got the entire link for the YouTube video uh, in the show notes here. But I just wanted to kind of pull out a few different sections and flow on it here for just a little bit. Um, The first thing he talked about, is speaking to not offend. So obviously the book he was referring to is he was, he was talking about the Bible and he did a kind of an interesting thing with his hands. He initially was holding the Bible up with one hand, uh, fairly high. And then he was talking about how we look at the Bible today. And he was raising his empty hand higher as he was lowering the hand he had with the Bible, which is essentially what we're doing today, where we've got a lot of pastors that as opposed to leaning on what the scripture says, right? That, the God breathed you know, word from him, we would much rather say things that will make us more popular. And that's kind of where we get mega church pastors. There's not a whole lot of mega church pastors of these gigantic multi-thousand, uh, you know, in all these different sites, we don't really get guys like that, that are just leaning on the word of God. I mean, one of my favorite things I've said it probably a hundred times on this podcast is basically these pastors that do Ted talks with a few Bible verses sprinkled in They're life coaches. Right? I've got a gigantic one here in my backyard here in Oklahoma City. They're life coaches. It doesn't make them bad people, and it doesn't make them false teachers either. It just makes them milk, right? They're babies' milk. So it might be a good church to start in, but you can't really be discipled under leadership like that, where someone is just using the Bible to basically make you feel better, or make you feel just bad enough to where you'll listen, but by the end of it, we're still just here to make you feel better. And that's the thing that I talk about a lot because, again, with my personality, and you guys that know me personally know that I struggle with this, is in in my personality, I'm very, very direct in everything that I do. And I just took a personality test here recently, and it even said in there, and I just started laughing, it's like, as intense as you think you are, you're at least twice as intense to everybody else around you. Like when you walk into a room, it's like 10 people walked into a room. When you walk out of a room, it's like 10 people walked out of the room. That's just kind of your personality basically sucks all the energy and all the empty space out of the room. And so I thought that that was kind of funny, but at the same time, I have to be very careful with that because in my mind, I might be sitting there talking to somebody being non-offensive and being very understanding And all they're thinking to themselves is, oh my gosh, is he going to punch me in the face? Like, is he going to elbow drop me from the top rope? Like what's going to happen here? And so, yeah, I have to be very, very careful with that. But the thing about it is, is that's how most of our pastors operate whenever they're preparing their sermons or developing their sermon series, right? They're thinking to themselves, okay, this is a really hot button topic. I don't know if I necessarily want to go there. Uh, And so uh, I think I've talked about here, this here a little bit recently and, or maybe not recently. I think it was maybe early on in this podcast. Uh, not this particular episode, you know, early on one of the early episodes. All right, moving on. The, the thing is, is I talked to this pastor and I actually talked to a person on his staff and I was like, why doesn't this pastor ever talk about like real issues, like about fundamentalist Islam? Why doesn't he talk about gay marriage? Why doesn't he talk about transgenderism, blah, blah, blah. And the answer I got was, I guess, predictable, but it was very disappointing. Nonetheless, it was just basically like, well, they don't want to alienate anybody with the things that they say in, in public. And so those are just certain topics that they're not going to go to. And I was like, well, how convenient is that? How convenient, because you've got thousands of people in your flock that are super confused about those topics. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to say to their friends that struggle with same-sex attraction or to their friends that are maybe being enticed by fundamentalist Islam, or they don't really think ISIS is fundamentalist Islam or something like that. And yet they're just, they're confused. But the pastor's like, ah, we can't go there. Let's just talk about how much God loves you and how that basically means you can do whatever you want. So I thought that that was interesting that he brought that up from the beginning. And obviously the, the title of this podcast episode is they want, they're going to want their ears tickled. And that came from, you know, this uh, Francis Chan quote, where he's basically talking about what Paul was saying in second Timothy and the reference he was making was to second Timothy four, three, and it's this I'm reading from the ESV for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. I mean, that, that is just an amazing thing. And I'll go and read verse four as well. And we'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So this is something that, that you can very easily see just by following people on social media, follow them on Instagram, you know, be friends with them on Facebook, whatever the situation is. Some of the stuff that they'll post, it's typically from these mega church pastors, right? They'll, they'll post these very inspirational quotes, or maybe they'll share a book that's really inspirational or something like that. But then at the end of the day, it's just, it's nonsense. The, the stuff that they're posting, it's not real. It's feel good theology, which real theology should make you feel good because you realize that we win in the end, right? Jesus is powerful over all, right? But, it's that type of thing that it's just like the way that he put it. Yes. They they want their ears tickled. They have itching ears. They only want to bring in stuff that isn't going to challenge them. Right. And I think about this as well. Like if you're only doing things, like if you're, if you're looking at a topic and you're just wanting to prove text, you're only wanting to be on one side of the issue and you're not going to consider any other opinions. Like the same thing happens within Christianity where when people only focus on the lamb of God, they only focus on the nice parts of the Bible. It's like, no, this is all a narrative in the same story. Like you can't take out the parts of the movie that you just don't like as much. Then then it's no longer that movie, right? You no longer get the intent that the director had for you. You know what I mean? But Francis Chan also talks about believing what we want to believe and essentially rewriting scripture to say what we want it to say. And so this is something that you see a lot with uh, theologians that are a little bit more on the, the liberal side of things. And I don't mean the politically liberal, but just they're very liberal in their interpretations of things because they're like, well, gosh, you know, in 2019 going on 2020, it's, it's kind of uncomfortable what the Bible says about homosexuality and about the people that partake in fornic- fornication in that way and sodomites and things like that. So you know what? How about we just go ahead and not pay attention to those parts? Let's just pay attention to the part where they basically, doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible that Jesus loves me no matter what, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, no matter what I believe. And The thing is, is Francis Chan is talking to a private Christian school that I'm sure has some struggles with that because you have these 18, 19, 20 year olds that are sitting there in a modern culture using words that were written 2000 years ago or transcribed 2000 years ago or, or older than that. Right. And so it's interesting to see that he's saying it to that particular audience because that's the audience that needs to hear it. Because I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there are a lot of seminaries around the United States that are becoming highly liberalized very quickly. They're, they're basically becoming public, public schools, right? They're becoming public colleges um, just this, this very left leaning ideology when it comes to things in the scriptures that we're not just going to let it say what it says. Um, and I'm not sure if it said there in the clip, but, or if it was somewhere else in the sermon, but he was talking about how there was different points where Francis Chan was one of those guys in the debates where they're, they're getting into the minutia of what this particular character in Greek says versus this particular word and all those things. And he's basically like, look, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to, now, you, you might be exegeting it improperly. You might be looking at the scripture and you might be referring to the, to the Greek or the Hebrew or the Aramaic and be doing it incorrectly, but you can get it to say whatever you want it to say. And so that's a concern for us as we look forward is when we're listening to our teachers and something catches us askew, maybe it caught us askew for a reason, maybe because they just made it up. He also talked a little bit about uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's one of the reasons where if you go back all the way to the core message of what we do here with Undaunted Life, that's why we talk about the Lion of Judah and we don't talk about the Lamb of God. And it's not because we don't care about the Lamb of God. It's not because we don't think the Lamb of God is important. It's because no one likes to talk about the Lion of Judah. No one likes to talk about the more aggressive side, the more masculine side of Jesus, because that's the side that we don't understand as much. And it's the side that we can't roll up in a nice little cute bow and stick it in our pocket and walk around with it and pull it out when we want something cute to happen to us. Right. And the thing about it is, is most of us don't look at our, you know, discipleship set up with Jesus and think about, okay, I, I just need to fear that guy. I, I need to fear the Lord. And that will be the beginning of my wisdom. But the thing about fear is it's not just like, oh my gosh, I'm scared to death of Jesus. It's the understanding of the magnitude in as much as you could understand the magnitude of Jesus, of the triune God. And most of us don't even have the foggiest idea how we would even start to do something like that, which is kind of the point. You know, the thing is, is like when he talked about Isaiah and John and Job, when these people got a sense of who God was and how big and how scary and how all powerful he was. It's something that our little pea, mind, pea brains can't really comprehend. And so I thought that that was interesting, him talking about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. Another thing he kind of mentioned there, he just kind of slid it in there was a lot of us talk about God, like he's just another person. I thought that was a really unique take. And he was maybe doing that because he was talking to the audience, mainly of young people. But I remember whenever, um, I thought what would have been in junior high or high school, there was the Jesus is my homeboy stuff, right? The Jesus is my homeboy hats and shirts. And, you know, everybody got them, whether they were Christians or non-Christians or not. And I still don't think there's there's that much bad with it. But if you only think of Jesus as your homeboy, you're missing out. Kind of like I've talked about. If you only look at Jesus as the Lamb of God or only as the Lion of Judah, if you don't acknowledge that there are multiple parts to Jesus, then, you know, you're going to be missing out on a on a huge portion of the picture of who he is. But, It is kind of interesting to hear about people because if you sit in modern day churches, again, picking on mega churches, you hear about these people, they talk about God like he's just kind of this, like he's a guru. Like God is just this guru guy and then he's got this sub guru guy, which is my pastor, that's going to be up there on stage in his skinny jeans. And he's just going to be having a, having a, you know, having a moment with us where he spends 25 to 30 minutes, just basically telling us how great we are and how much God loves us no matter what. And then we're just going to move on with our lives and everything's going to be great. And we're going to leave floating, right? Because we did another song before we left and went through 13 more verses of the same song or whatever the situation might be. And so the thing about it is, is we don't talk about God as if he is deserving of reverence it's like an unreverence of God. I don't even think unreverence is a word, but that's the sense that you get with people is they're not looking at God as if he is God. But the thing at the very end that I thought uh, was an interesting dichotomy that Francis Chan pointed out is we have this thing where we say a loving God would never punish anybody versus a fair God would never forgive. So you've probably heard a lot of people say that a loving God would never punish, but you've probably heard, never heard someone say a fair God would never forgive. And he says, it's the reason why we don't hear that is because we don't want to believe that. We want to believe that a loving God would never punish because we don't want to be punished, but we want to believe that a fair God would absolutely forgive because we want forgiveness. And again, this goes back to, I think the macro point that uh, Francis Chan was making, at least in this section, if not the entire sermon that he delivered, which is we want God to fit into our box. We don't want God to create the box. We don't want God to define the edges of the box. We don't want God to do any of those things on his own and on his own accord. We want it our way. We, we want things to happen in our way, in our timing, and to the words to mean what they mean most conveniently to us. And the thing for you guys is I just don't want you to be those types of guys. I don't want to be that type of guy. So if you ever sense that I'm doing that here on one of these podcasts, or just when you see me in public or whatever the situation might be, you hear me uh, give a speech somewhere, call me out on it. Now, make sure you're right, because I, I will probably push back, but call me out on it. And you should be able to call yourself out on these things as well, because a lot of people are not operating as if they should be looking for the truth grounded in something like the word of God. And you're getting further and further away from that in modernity in a modern society. And we, we don't really have anything to anchor ourselves towards. So again, I, I wanted to do a little bit of a shorter episode for you today because I do want you guys to spend some time with Francis Chan's sermon that he did. Again, it's about 27 minutes long, but it's on YouTube so you can bump the speed up if you're one of those guys who so can get it up to one and a half, two times speed, something like that. But spend some time with that. Uh, it's an interesting story with him you know, uh, moving to become a full-time missionary. Don't have any idea if he's going to continue to write books, if he's going to be full-time missionary until the day that he dies, but it'd at least be an interesting story to follow along with. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play, and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please take a second, leave us the five stars in a few sentences, letting us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2020, so if you want me to come speak at your men's event, on your podcast, to your team, whatever, hit me up, info at undaunted.life. That's the email, info at undaunted.life. The website is www.Undaunted.Life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UndauntedLife or Facebook.com backslash UndauntedLife. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVirgin Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro or outro track on this podcast is their song, King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, keep seeking the Lion of Judah.